Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Song Mess. My name is Richard Villegas, and uh, right now we're listening to a beautiful little cumbia remix of uh, a classic track called I'm in Love with the Coco. Um, I think that's what it's called. Um, but yeah, we're gonna play the rest of this track out, um, maybe dab a few times, maybe uh, take a couple sips from some drinks, um, and we will be right back with some very special guests. And we're back. And uh, boy, my goodness, do I have a treat for all of y'all uh, up in the studio in Dallas, Texas. Uh, I'm joined by the Decolotis crew, Decolotis Radio, Decolotis Collective. Uh, how's everybody doing, guys? Good. Pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds so soft. You said it's yeah. sad. Well, he's I like in his know. full NPR pre voice yeah. now. Um, <laughs> Well, I, I'm, I'm being joined by uh, the dynamic duo, uh, Eva Regin and Pat Regin, and of course, the incredible MC of Fated DJ's fame, uh, Rafael Tamayo. <laughs> um, so yeah, how's everybody doing, guys? We're good. We're good. We're How are you? We're excited to have you here. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for being on the show. Uh, you know, I just, thank you for having us. I just appeared on De Colores Radio myself, yeah. and can't say how thrilled I am to, to have that and to be here. And, you know, I feel like we've all, you know, we've all been talking online forever, and uh, I think shout out to Latinos Who Lunch. I think they're the ones who kind of like put us all sort of in the same For sure. thing. And there was that article in Remezcla that was weird. That we, that's I feel like that's also how we all like kind of met or kind a lot of, of some of us all came. All these different things uniting us together. Yeah. So sure. shout out to the Support Brown Postca- podcasting family. Yes. Podcasterio Network. Podcasterio Network. Yes. Yes. I need to join that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, support brand podcast, y'all hashtag. Um, but yeah, so, okay. So, um, the Colores radio is kind of a major force, uh, in Dallas at the moment. And, uh, I want to talk about who it is that you guys are and what it is that you do. Um, you know, there's definitely quite a bit to talk about. Um, so I don't know who wants to take the lead on that question, uh, because I feel like there's plenty to, to be said. <laughs> they always look at me because he does it so I well. Feel like I have because <laughs> you had the whole spiel down. We just had the little parts of like what brought it all. Like we had our little moments that we shared with you I that brought do. it full circle. I mean, I guess I guess because I feel like, um, and I I don't want this to be to sound like shade, but I feel like for the most part I was on the outside looking in to a vision that y'all had, and you know. No, because it, it almost, I don't want it to make it seem like I'm an insider because I'm in this thing with y'all. I'm like personally and then professionally and literally in any any way that I can, you know, be of help. I feel like Rafael will be synonymous with what this movement is. That is officially y'all's vision. You know what I mean? Right. Um, not to say that I don't contribute. Right. But he literally, we could not do it without him. So yes. it's yeah. fully collective. So I, and, and with that being said, um, it's easy for me to kind of, like uh, 
explain how, how it all came to be and what it is because of that position that I feel like I have. Um, so I met Eva and Pat at a Selena event <laughs> two years ago. Shout out 214 Selena. Yeah, hashtag 214 Selena. <laughs> and um, yeah, kind of got to know them. Um, and then specifically Eva, you know, came to us with what her background was and how she had graduated. She studied media uh, and film and in school. And um, we here at the Oak Cliff Cultural Center always try to kind of push the envelope in terms of what we do for the community, for Dallas, and just for visitors, anybody that wants to see arts and culture from South and West Dallas with a focus on South and West Dallas and still going beyond that. Um, and so it sounds really um, almost a bit abstract, but we really try to, you know, share that and, and make that our mission. And um, so we brought Eva in on a couple of things. We had a, a, a wonderful project called Las Fotos and you mentored some young girls um, on some photography lessons and workshops. And it was really cool because it was a network of girls working in Los Angeles, Tijuana, Tijuana, Oak Cliff, and a couple of other places. Mm -hmm. And um, so they got to share a little bit about their lives and what they experienced within their community and their family. And then it was shared throughout all these different communities. And so Eva was, was um, you know, was willing. She was like, hey, this sounds cool. I'm in. And then from that point, like, we we couldn't ask her of, of, of any help that she could provide and her say no because right. she was always there and always willing to, like, you know, be a part of it. And so we were really grateful for that because although people are always willing to help, it's hard to find someone that has the passion and drive combined with the ambition to succeed in something that our community needs. And so, um, you know, along those lines, uh, we had kind of progressed with the conversation over what her and Pat wanted to do. And I remember Pat specifically coming over to the cultural center one evening after like being at the Texas theater, I think. I was like working, at, I was working some event, a Margin like, Walker show. like a Margin Walker show, yeah, working something production, in the live music and I industry. just listened to an episode of Song Mess Song and I mess. felt super inspired because I was listening to the La Cholateca episode and I hit up Rafa and I was like, dude, these people are making moves in Atlanta. Why yeah. don't we have this in Dallas? And I like showed him their like their Instagram, and I was like, "Look what they're doing! They have safe space parties. Let faded DJs is here, and we don't have this. Like we need to turn up, but also like let people know this is for you. This is where you're gonna feel safe, and you're gonna feel like you're with your people, and you're gonna have fun." So he got really excited, and then we started even talking about the arts and like how the arts in Dallas was lacking for a safe place for POCs to feel included because a lot and of not shows to, and, here. And, and not to say that there was that that didn't exist. And so the thing about Dallas is that it feels almost very scattered. There isn't a whole lot of unity uh, when you compare it to places like Atlanta and the Choloteca movement. Mm -hmm. But when Pat was explaining to me about that, I was like, oh, my God you know, we do this over here or they do that over on this part of the city or there's people that we could work with on that end. And um, I got really excited about that because the way Pat was saying it to me, it was like, look, this happens in Dallas. We need to do something about it. And so like in my mind, I see a light bulb and it's like, yeah, y'all have been wanting to do a podcast. And I'm like super, I'm, I'm not the most responsive when it comes to text or email or I hate <laughs> phone calls. And so I get on my computer after Pat leaves and I write like this extremely long email to Eva and Pat. And I'm Probably like, yo. Probably the longest email we've ever received. The longest us. email I've ever written. <laughs> for real. The longest email I've ever written. And so I'm like, yo, this is really dope. I know that y'all, this is y'all's thing. And Oak Cliff Cultural Center needs to be behind it. 
we can do like a multifaceted platform that addresses the areas of need for our community in terms of the arts and culture and where we're going as a society. And so we had these conversations. We were like, is this something that we can do? And we were like all pretty much on board with, yes, let's do it. And um, we approached it in a, in a like a three-step phase where it was like we're going to do you know the podcast for the engaging conversation the art show for the artists and the people out there wanting to express and you know the party for like that social the, the social dynamic of of you know how our community is is kind of evolving and so it was literally like an all-out plan on how we address our voices not being heard enough and mm -hmm. you know really amplifying the representation that is needed in our community so that we can stand at the top of the mountain and say yes we do control our own narrative and so i couldn't be more excited about anything um so when they when they i set up you know that i, I set it up uh in terms of us meeting and getting together to set that up and and you know like all everything else is details in terms of you know where we went from there because we provided support in terms of the oak cliff cultural center and uh, resources and, you know, like seed money and things that we could kind of do to launch stuff. But yeah, we, we took it from that and here we are. Well, I, I want to jump in there because you did mention that basically this whole effort is multifaceted, right? So there's the parts, uh, the parties, the art exhibits, the, you know, the sort of um, activism that is very much at the core of it. And so I want to jump to you, Eva, because, you know, as somebody who listens to the show, mm -hmm. you're obviously out here, you know, fighting. Um, and so I want to I wanna talk a little bit about that because I feel that De Colores and, and again, even talking about gray space and the art shows that you guys do are very socially grounded in, mm -hmm. again, in this sort of like a resistance movement from all these different angles, like, you know, from Black Lives Matter to like, you know, women's suffrage. Um, and I want to talk a, a little bit about, so what drives you uh, in that direction? Jeez. Uh, what doesn't drive me in that direction? Hello. So the one thing I guess that was maybe a little bit not directly mentioned from what he was saying is that it happened right after Trump was elected. Okay. Yeah. Um, I had just graduated from college. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was freelancing. I was here and there. And um, I very, I've always been interested in politics, but I thought it was very sad that it took until college for me to learn about my own culture's history. Mm -hmm. um, and that was really mind-blowing. But immediately from then on, I just automatically was very passionate about um, all these different movements and very inspired by these movements. And I felt very strongly because I had lived so many of these experiences. And so at that point it was like, why, why aren't we talking about it more in our Latino community? Um, because we're in Texas, we're in the South. So we're in a conservative place, Yeah, but we're still here. And so that's where it was like, we need this. The Colores is not just us. It's the whole community. We still have a voice here, even if we're in a red state or whatever you want to call it. Um, so essentially that's where it was like, this is necessary. And I feel so passionately about so many, so many issues. And to me, I, I had someone I could talk to about it and had a mildly different, you know, scope on things, but still to where we could find common ground and discuss these things for both, you know, males and women or whatever you want to say, just because that does sometimes change things in Latin cultures, yeah. having machista and I'm supposed to be a humble, quiet woman and these, these things that I, I'm not. Um, and so that's essentially why it was like, I don't know how to not be that way. Um, and I, I think if we, I had the privilege to get an education a lot of people don't have that. Right. So why can't I feed that back to my community in a way they could understand and have it for free? You don't have to go to college to get knowledge. So that's pretty much 
where it went. Well, and that's something that I've definitely noticed from you guys is just like the, it's very accessible and you're very uh, in touch with the community. I mean, um, you know, I, I want to talk about the Grace Space event that mm-hmm. uh, I was very lucky to attend uh, this week because it, it was just, I mean, it was so beautiful and it was so inspiring. And I know that you guys do these, these art shows uh, specifically themed, um, you know, every couple of months. Um, and, and even in talking earlier today, like I, I, uh, I didn't realize that like the different podcast episodes that you all do, um, include guests that are relevant to whatever topic. So it's, it's, um, it's like a multi-sided issue and sort of that you're addressing every couple of months. Um, and so uh, what inspired or how did you guys decide that it was going to have an artistic, uh, facet that it was, you know, cause some people will do it like through parties and, right. you know, like Choloteca, right? Like they had a specific message and they do it through a party. Uh, you're, you're all doing it through, you know, art shows. So right. how did that get there? I think we, well, it was, we still, we still do all sorts of different things, but from that first meeting, cause he sent me this long email <laughs> and he was like, I don't know what we're doing, but we're doing something. And I was like, okay, you're right. Everybody bring your d- ideas brain trust, <laughs> and, and let's talk about it. So we all came to the table and I still have the notebook that has each thing that said, okay, what about art? What about this? What about that? We like all these things. We don't see our people running these things, but we see ourselves often exploited in these things. Right. So why don't we create this so that they know it's for them? Uh, and so essentially that's how it just happened. And then we said, okay, what's going to be our first issue? What's the issue that we all have some experience with and that maybe we don't often have control of? And so that's where our first one was immigration. Um, and so immediately it was like we knew enough connections between the three of us. So we were able to reach out to people and spread the word quickly as soon as we got ourselves branded and figured our logos out and all that. And all that process is really interesting, too, is coming up with the names. Why is it going to be called this? Why do we like it this way? Why is it going to look like that? Why are we changing that fonts? Whatever. <laughs> uh, just all those different things. The real process of building something. Um, but we wanted to create the outlet to have everyone involved absolutely everyone involved yeah and i think it was really important um be it that i i'm here at the cultural center and we do art shows we have a gallery where we bring in different artists um and we go through a really lengthy process you know we we book that uh, exhibit gallery a year in advance with our visual arts coordinator here um at the center and so uh, taking a step back from that and seeing the role that we play in the city at large uh Latinx or artists of color don't really get represented. Right. And so when we look at, you know, the the mix-up, it's largely driven by white artists. And so um, we understood as a cultural center the significance of making sure that we opened up that platform in a way that was like, look, you can be an emerging artist. You can be in high school. There's There's a teenager with artwork in there that speaks with so much conviction that would never have been given the opportunity, you know, anywhere else in the city. But we're lucky enough to say, look, her her art is powerful. It has a message. It has a voice, and it belongs here because it's a part of it's a part of our community's voice. And so um, we understood the the impact and the significance of just artists in general. And so when we say like the art show, we don't limit it to, you know, the 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 oil on canvas medium. Right. We've had we've had film. We've had poetry. We've had performers. Music. music uh, all kinds of things. And so it's always important to understand how wide of a spectrum that is, and um, that we say yes more than we say no. 
Well, and being able to focus that this platform uh, towards these particular artists is really important. Uh, when I was in Atlanta uh, earlier this year, shout out to, again, the Choloteca <laughs> folks yes. who are good friends. A uh, shout out to Monica Campana, who runs uh, Living Walls, which is this, this amazing, you know, uh, street art initiative. Um, you know, one of the things this year, sh they put a focus on female artists and like, you know, queer POC artists. Mm -hmm. um, and it was very, very cool because she was saying like, you know, I've worked with over a hundred artists and she's like, you know, about 80 to 85% of them are white men. And she's like myself as a woman of color, you know, with this platform, somehow I'm still only booking white men. And she's like, that's got to stop. Yeah. Um, and so, you know, for you guys, again, to be lending this platform and this, you know, these, you know, being able to showcase these voices, these artistic perspectives of, as you said, like teenagers. And again, like I got to meet so many of the artists uh, who were showcasing their work this week. Um, and I, I thought it was very, you know, very special that even though Oak Cliff, uh, at, at least from what I've noticed in this particular part of Oak Cliff, it's very Latino, mm -hmm. you know, it was just POC in general. Like, yeah. you know, it was plenty of black artists and, you know, there were white people who actually came to attend the show. And, you know, it was a very, there was dialogue, there was an open dialogue. And so I thought that was really, really beautiful. Now, um, this is a music show. <laughs> yes. And so the music uh, that you guys have brought in today, um, you know, it's kind of a little over the place thematically, <laughs> but, um, I feel like Texas is an overarching theme here. Um, and, you know, you mentioned before, Eva, that, mm -hmm. um, you know, obviously, like, you, you guys are quite radical and, and politically minded, but that Texas is still a very conservative place. Mm -hmm. um, but I also feel like Texans, regardless of, you know, race, background, religion, there's a very specific identity to being Texan. Um, and so how does that... I mean, how do you, you know, juggle those two and how does that maybe like reflect in your music choices from today? My personal ones? Sure. Um, I think I grew up hating Texas, if I'm being very honest. Damn. I, I, I didn't like it because everything I liked and stood for was not represented here. Do you like it now? I do. Okay. I've grown to like it because I understand our history more than what was taught to me. Okay. Um, but I also... It was just, it was a process. And, mm -hmm. and so now I appreciate these things as opposed to just saying, I used to say, oh, I want to move away to New York and become this, this, that. And that was my dream life. And then I, coming back from college, realized like my people are here right. and they need me here. Yeah. So I can love this place and make it what I want it to be where I am. Um, so essentially my artists, uh, at least two of them uh, are very, they're queens of Texas to me um, in every single way they represent your 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 contrast in Texas and the beauty in Texas is and Badula Texan? Yes, I didn't know that. Oh, absolutely, she reps Dallas hard. Really? She lives here. She's yeah. from Dallas. She's yeah. from Dallas. She has a huge concert every year for her birthday. Stop yeah. it. Yeah. Okay, so we're definitely gonna kick kick things off with that song. So um, this is "Love of My Life" and "Ode to Hip Hop." We're gonna play that now, and we'll be right back. Yay! Right here, what we're gonna do is go back. Wasn't the only one causing the day 
And so um, we're gonna come. We're coming back now because we just listened to a track by El Dusty, and who else would play that than Rafael Tamayo? Uh, um, to. So tell me, tell me about Dusty and why why you brought that track in. Oh man, um, we got a lot of love for Dusty here in Dallas. Uh, Decolores, the Faded Family, um, but he he um, you know he he's bringing that new sound and. Uh, He's he's a Texas man. He's and from so, Corpus, isn't he? Yeah, Corpitos. Mm-hmm. Corpitos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, um, yeah, they they played they played Dusty. They played your theme song. Yeah. That's uh, cumbia anthem, yeah. Yeah. Yes. They played that at the Clearer last night at the gay club yesterday, and I was like, hey, you know what? Yeah. I feel so seen. <laughs> I was just like, I, I really thought you were about to come from like you know the DJ booth, and you're like, wepa is me, oh, you know. Y'all didn't know. Been too late. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. Yeah, we've never played Dusty on the show, and I love, love, love Dusty. Like, I, I again, I, I feel like he probably doesn't, like, I know Latinos know about him, um, but I feel like he just doesn't get enough he does attention. Get enough. Yeah, no, he doesn't. Because he's stupid talented. Mm-hmm. Like, he's yeah. so, so good. And he's done some, like, some, some, some high profile stuff he that did even. For NBA, right? Yeah, and I mean he's he's all over the place. He's done some high profile stuff, but like the recognition is still not there. And and the, in in my opinion, obviously yeah, he's very slept on. But the fact that he's so talented, he's doing so much out there in Corpus, and then he's like the most coolest, humble dude. Like it's almost you know he he's, we see him and it's a conversation like yo cool when am I coming to Dallas again? I want to kick it with y'all whatever. And it's not a conversation that he would have. You know, with someone who's flying him out to Latin America to do play right. like a big festival. You know what I mean? So it, we we get that really nice vibe with him, and and he's so cool. He was super gracious to let us use cumbia anthem, and and yeah, I mean that just goes to speak to his character, and right. then like you know, matched by the talent, the ridiculous talent that he has with the music that he makes. It just is is so dope. It's so funny with Dusty because I feel like so many people. I like I always hear like yeah oh I know Dusty yeah like I've stayed at his house yeah Dusty this you know like in Chicago in L A in New York yeah. like people that just know Dusty yeah. like that's really kind of cool like because everybody thinks like, oh this music scene is so huge and it's just like nah it's Mm-mm. a it's rather niche honestly mm-hmm. and so like it's very cool that you are that person that like everybody's like has good things to say about you I I, I aspire I know it's never gonna happen but I aspire hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm too shady um, <laughs> well let's keep the trap rolling let's go with Chingo Bling hey um, so I, I mean I uh, what's that what's that song um uh, 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 chingo is cerve- no, not wait. That's somebody else. Uh, there's a chingo bling song that I have that I love, love, love. And probably cerveza. Yeah, that's the one. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that track. And, and then like, uh, uh, 
who is it? Is it Selector? I don't know who it's with, but yeah, it's it's a super dope song. That too. track is amazing to me. And like when I first heard it, like it was on NPR. Ah, yeah. Shut what? up! Yeah, yeah. yeah, Jasmine yeah, Garz yeah. brought him in, and she kind of like Yo. had to apologize a little bit, like because like Felix Contreras was like outraged. Oh, God. Uh, it was so funny. <laughs> that is um, amazing. And they were cackling the whole time. But you brought in Puro Pinche Party. Yeah. Um, produced by Eric Hymas. Yes. Dallas's own. Um, what's what's up with the song? Um, man, so Chingo Bling, uh, he's like so iconic, and again, another person that doesn't get the respect that is due. But he's done so much in terms of bridging like communities. Um, so obviously, he's he's from Houston. Um, I know he studied in San Antonio. This dude's like a marketing genius. He is the, the definition of a hustler. But you know, he brought the Latino voice into the music scene when it came to what the Southern Texas sound was. Mm-hmm. You know, when you, when you talk about Texas music, you, and you, you automatically go to Houston in terms of like hip hop and you know about, you know, the screwed up click and, and, you know, Paul Wall, Mike Jones and, and screwed and chopped stuff. And so Chingo Bling was like the one Latino, not that there isn't Latino artists out there in that, in that realm, but he was the one that kind of bridged it between, yo, we Latinos, we, we get down to screwed and chopped. Like, we're a part of this rap scene, too, and still brought in enough of the Latino community that wasn't super involved with that and, and was like, yeah, hey, you know, we're more kinfolk than we know because we have things like this in right. common. And so I think he also brought up the the really important role that Latinos play in the music scene in Texas. And so it was really cool to see that um, kind of, uh, I guess radiate from from the person that he is and the music that he makes because now he's doing like all kinds of things and he's you know he's got a, a comedy show on netflix he tours he does like he markets like wait um, what he, wait he has a show on netflix yeah he has yes. a show on netflix he's he does yeah he's he's doing big things and he's making major moves and so it's really cool to Shmoney see that moves. yeah and so um yeah and so this song just you know puro pinche party is just one of those songs that's like yeah that's chingo that's texas that's that's latinos and uh, you know, of course, produced by Eric Hymas here here from Dallas. So, well, shit, let's get lit. <laughs> Chinamos el cate, Pedro Chofante, smoke and sacate. Tengo más pega que un pinche chicle. And I go downtown, cause I like that bitch. Puro party, 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 puro party. 
Sabe calentarme, tequila con squirt, algo refrescante Mami, come here, soy tu papa, sote toda la pinche noche Meneando el bote Puro party, 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 puro party Bien tempranito me hizo lonche Quiero with the hammer, puro puro martillo Greñuda por arriba, por abajo rastrío Abuelita de Batman, arroz Mahatman Me tienda la colche, también me planchan La migra me sigue pero no me alcanzan Estuve en el bosque igual que Tarzan Ya llegó la campanera Es del campano costa colombiana La mujer más zumbiambera Para no cumplir lo que prometes Apenado y afligido Yo me así dices que te arrepientes Tú me dices que me amas Que lo nuestro es para siempre Mientes Con patrañas, con regalos, con cartitas Quieres convencerme Dices que lo sientes ¿Sabes dónde te los metes? Dices que lo sientes Pero sé que mientes Y yo no voy a soportar una mentira más No voy a soportarte una mentira más No voy a soportar una mentira más No voy a soportarte una mentira más Invencionista estafador Pito flero tú tendrás mi amor Pero nunca mi dinero Pero mi dinero no
mentira más No voy a soportar una mentira más No voy a soportarte una mentira más No voy a soportar una mentira más Alrighty, and I am so excited that we just play those two Again, because like my aesthetic, honestly, is just messy, silly music And not only Chingo Bling delivers on that But, you know, Absolutely. Las Cumbia Queers or really just cumbia queers. I don't want to assign gender to cumbia queers because that's the point. The point. Um, and yeah, you brought that in, Eva. What's up with this track? I was like looking through my most recent Spotify little whatevers and I was like, you know what? I fucking love them. I love their sound. I love what they represent. And I think they need more love. So they I really them. do. I brought them in. You know, they, I, I, uh, they're from Argentina and they don't perform. Well, I don't know if they per- don't perform that often, but there isn't. New as much new music as right. I would like from them because I, I, I really they're so great right but just hearing that and then seeing the name when I first found them I was like oh my fucking god this is brilliant well you uh, again from listening to the show and from you know staying at, in your home you're in Pat's home uh, the last couple of days and uh-huh. thank you so much for your hospitality really of that's course. really fucking major um you know, I know that hip hop is like a big thing down here. You guys often on the show talk about like who's better, you know, Kendrick or Jay. We all know it's Azalea Banks. And oh <laughs> <laughs> you right. saw the whole three six. For the win. For the win. Uh, but um, so, yeah. So like, do you ever feel weird being like, you know, all up into this, you know, like trap, really like intense hip hop stuff sometimes. And then like, you know, cumbia in the same sort of wind. Uh, I don't. I think it's very true to my identity. It's true to where I come from. And that's why my favorite songs are the ones where they combine both. And I'm like, yes, my full identity has been reached. Yeah. Um, Because I I grew up very much on both. And then there was a period in my life when I felt kind of shamed for liking both, right? Mm Because that made you too hood or that made you too Mexican. And so it was like, nah, fuck that, you know, And, and I love both equally and well i think so and just i'm very proud to love both because it, it is true to who i am well there's this whole idea that you have to choose and that's right. so and foolish. you don't have to yeah. and you don't have to be a professional or intellectual or anything to right. like these things or to not like these things right that's awesome now um i know like i have you a little forgotten over mm-hmm. here on the side pat but i, no, I have fine, not forgotten fine. about you uh because i you know it's it, we've definitely bonded over uh our Music. love of like the indie you yes, know um def- and and so yeah so tell me a little bit about this because like i know that you know we've discussed how like eva went to school for you know journalism is it or, or the, media arts media arts uh but you also like you're very like you go to you you not only go to shows but you work shows all the time and this is very much also your bread and butter it, it is um so i I studied broadcasting, so that Eva was the reason why I went back to school to begin with. So creds to my sis for getting me back to school because I was hire I just, me. I was just living my life Same. in Austin, going to shows just for fun. I was just doing it just to go, and I went back and we went back to school, did the broadcasting thing, and I did internships um, with like marketing teams for Margin Walker and. Um, transmission events and helped with fun 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 fest and sound on sound so um that was my way of getting like me exposed more so to the music scene than i already was because i just always was just a fan but now as somebody that helped with like marketing or working merch or working the door like i get to meet and interact with all these bands and luckily enough i come across song mess and i'm like wow this is my exposure to more latino indie bands because Unfortunately, a lot of the shows that I was attending were predominantly just indie, just punk that were mostly like just white bands. Nothing was Latino or POC. So I now like that's the thing that I've been trying to do more of is 
with the help of Song Mess and Radio Manea and other podcasts right. that give me that exposure, I'm trying to find more things that are to what I feel related to or that are what I want to support. Um, so, yeah. I mean, so, you know, we're going to South by Southwest this week. Yes, I'm I mean, super excited. By the time this airs, it'll be past tense. But um, do you still like it? I... To a degree. I think I'm more so excited this year than I have been in a really long time. And I think that's because we're going to check out a lot of Latin indie bands. Yeah. And that's what I'm predominantly going for. It's not like, whereas before I was working it. So I was working production for like events that were like, oh, here's these big YouTubers. Or here's like this person here talking at this event. Or it was just like, oh, I went to stand in line for two hours to see Vince Staples. Now it's just like, no, I'm specifically going to see all these Latin indie bands right. that I've wanted to see and support. And I tried to make it to a couple last year. I got to meet Balloon yesterday, uh, last year, which I got to tell you. That's so, like, oh a shout out to Balloon. They listen to this, I by know, the way. I know, I was like, I was, it was crazy. I saw uh, Angelica, I got to meet her and talk to her very briefly. And then I started listening to them when I got back home and I was like, oh shit, like I'm making connections with Latin indie bands here and I could have been listening to them all this other time. Um, but definitely excited to go see other other shows there. I'm hoping we get to see Lido Pimienta, maybe. Yeah, we will. If we do, I'm going to probably pass out, but it's fine. <laughs> yeah, Lido, Lido is that kind of girl, though. Like, she, Her performances yeah. have been giving me life for so long, and the way that she stands proud to like be like brown women to the front, like mm -hmm. brown women and like queer women, like come on, come up front. And I'm just like, that's... I want to be up there. Like, I want to be part of this as somebody that goes to shows for so long. Right. This is what's going to give me life. So I'm excited about that. I mean, I mean, and it all goes back to that, you know, conversation about representation that we've been having, right? It's just like, it's about, you know, seeing yourself and, and maybe not, 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 not even always seeing yourself, but also like just feeling like your voice is being yes. heard in a way. And that's why I, I wanted to like, even when you got the bralettes and like the Luna Lunas, I was like, there's not a lot of bands like that here right. in Dallas. Like they're, is a lot in like Latin band, like DJs. There's DJs, right. like faded DJs, but there's not a lot of like indie groups that I can like back automatically and be like, oh, cool, this is exactly my sound and what I want. Fortunately, a lot of um, Latin bands that I've seen here in Dallas are always just kind of like the alternative mm -hmm. and kind of go back to like that mana sound. I'm like, oh, that's cute. Like, that's what I grew up listening to, but that's not what I want now. It doesn't feel as nuanced. No. So that's why when Luna Luna came up, came out and I like started listening to them or when the bralettes came out or even like the other bands that I'm going to mention, like, it's just like, wow, there's stuff that I actually want to listen to and support that are here locally. So that's why I'm trying to listen to them more and find more of those artists. Well, so let's get to that. Cause I mean, you really like, I love, I love this playlist that we put together because again, we have like, you know, sort of like a, a, a classic sound here with like a lot of the hip hop, you know, a lot of the cumbia, you know, even a lot of the electronic stuff. Uh, but there's sort of like a really, obviously like Austin is here. There's a really great indie scene in Texas. Yes, for um, sure. And I think you brought in uh, kind of like hometown heroes here. This is a neon yes, Indian. Yes, for sure. Neon Indian. I think like as somebody that was trying to get into the following indie music and listening to indie music for sure. I know that sounds really cheesy. Um, Alan was probably one of my favorites that right. got me really into like synths and dancey like pop music stuff. So... Um, definitely listening to her first thing, like Hex Girlfriend. I think even Eva would tell you that's probably one of her favorite songs that she still listens to. Um, <laughs> he's just, he went to UNT. He went to, he studied the film program that we were also in and he ended up dropping out and becoming a, like, musician. A pop and doing, star. Yeah. yeah. So we are big fans of his. We went to go see him for my birthday. It was a lot of fun, and I loved seeing his dance moves. I don't have you seen him. I've seen like clips. I've never seen him live. You know, I I suspect I might see him next month if you know uh, 
Epicentro decides to announce our goddamn lineup someday. Um, but yeah, I suspect he's going to be there. Um, and that might be my first time. But yeah, so let's go ahead and play, uh, you know, a track off the Neon Indians' latest album. Uh, this is Slumlord. I feel like, uh, you know, Annie and this were like the like the big recognizable hits from it. Yeah. Um, why'd you bring in this song today? Um, Slumlord's probably the one that I've probably played the most out of that album. Uh... I, I love his visuals on his music videos too. I'm sure you've probably seen some of them. He, he's very inspired by like Akira and like 80s music and synthy yeah. stuff. So I just, I love this album. I love this track. I know that this record was really inspired by Prince. Mm -hmm. uh, that's, I mean, he was, you know, quoted on that. When Prince died, he did, they did a really nice, um, God, what was, was it Love Bizarre uh, that they did? Uh, he, he did like a cover with like all these like indie all-stars and it was really, really beautiful. And he's got the dance moves. He definitely has, not as great as Prince, but he does definitely try to bring up his little legs and dancing all around and doing all kinds of stuff on the it's show. It's a fun performance. Okay. Cool. So, um, you know what? And because I'm a bad bitch and I do what I want, I'm going to play Slumlord and like Slumlord 2 or whatever back to back because like I feel like that's where the situation gets really, really good because, mm -hmm. um, you know, you really need to get the full effect. Yes, for sure. For sure. He's a lot of fun. All right, cool. So this is Neon Indian, Slumlord, and then Slumlord 2, and then we'll be right back. Yeah. <laughs> 
super cool. Okay, and um, so that was like kind of an extended dance break. Um, and uh, tell me about Ronnie Hart, Pat. Okay, so Ronnie Hart is actually a local. He's from Dallas. Woo. Shout out. Um, Shout out. I didn't know until recently when we went to see Neon Indian that our friend Yolis actually told me that he was a member of Neon Indian. And I was like, wait, what? I'm what? shook. It's like I had no clue. Been going to his DJ sets, going to see him. And I like, obviously, like you hear the sound and you see the synths and you know that he's inspired by funk and like pop and all that stuff. So you're like, oh, okay, now like. Obviously, you can see that they do do a little bit of the synthy sounds that are pretty similar, but I was it was just really bizarre. And then I definitely looked into it. She even showed me pictures of them together when they were playing together in Neon Indian. I don't know what's going on. I don't know what's going on either. But we are. Uh, I want to actually because like we did mention it and and never really addressed it. So uh, Rafa, you're part of the Faded DJs, uh, which I think is also a collective based yes. in Dallas. Mm-hmm. What's up? Tell me about them. <clears throat> DJs been doing parties for gosh almost ten years. Ten so, years. Yeah, that kind of tells you how. Because do you DJ or you almost strictly MC? Um, It'll be. Well, I know how to DJ. I've had a setup since high school, and my oldest brother, uh, he's the one that kind of got me into that. So, I mean, I know I know how to mix and, and do the basic stuff, but, um, yeah, I don't do it. <laughs> I don't, like, go out and DJ, but I'm the MC, and so when it comes to, like, those those faded parties, I'm always there. Okay, and, and I mean, again, obviously... faded DJ is what it is. Now, you know, something that I, like, discovered... When 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 I was here, because like people just allude to it, is that I mean you're you know obviously like you work here, you're at the Oak Cliff uh, Community Center, mm-hmm. um, but it, you're like a performer. I mean I knew that you were an MC, but I didn't know that like the extent of it. Like you're an actor as well. Yes, yeah? I am. That's, Look at God. So that's what my formal training is. I went to school. I my I joined a drama club uh, when I was seven years old, um, and I was the weird kid that didn't go to like after school soccer team practice and, and, you know, went to a performing and visual arts high school and studied theater and, you know, loved, uh, loved everything about that world. Did they ever give you shit for it? All the time. They still do. Yeah. They're like, why are you studying theater? Why do you go up and pretend to be someone else for six weeks? I'm like, well, you do it every day of your life. So (laughs) (laughs) no, I mean, it's just fun. When I, when I realized what like that world, I mean, it's just, you know, to, to get like super philosophical and whatever, like to me, it was just so crazy how like these fabricated stories or these, you know, recounting of, of real life and in, in the way that it's presented to an audience uh, would sometimes be even more enlightening and more truthful to someone's like self-realization than what they would experience in their daily lives. And I was like, that is something that you can't like it, it, to me, that's just incredible. And so um, I knew that aside from just learning the technique of how to be an actor, the, the world of theater was just something that fascinated me. That's so. awesome. And, uh, you know, and again, like really like huge shout out to you for all the work that you do with these kids, you know, just basically like, you know, just showing them the possibility of, of what performance can be. I mean, music, a stage is a stage, you know? Yes. You know, a platform is a platform. Just use it and, you know, I guess just teach them how to use it. For sure. Um, now, they, I'd be remiss if we didn't touch on a specific uh, topic. Um, and you know, it's not about Cardi, but we are going to talk about the original Trap Selena, aka just Selena. Mm. Um, regular Selena. Regular Selena. Um, I mean, there was nothing, there's, there's nothing regular about her. True. Nothing at all. Um, and of course, it's Gomez. And ah! <laughs> <laughs> he went there. Hey. Richard went there. He's like, 
my dog. No. I love her like a love song, baby. baby. Um, no, but we have to talk about Selena because, like, Selena is everywhere. It's particularly for you, Eva. You know, again, I have like a little extra peek behind the curtain because I'm staying with you. But like, there's a sticker <laughs> on your computer. I'm, like, true to my Hello. brand. I mean, no, the, there's kidding. a sticker on your computer. There's a sticker on like your phone. You know, I picked. Am I that bad? I peeked in your room. There's, you know, like a little picture of her and like you were painting this very beat mug that is sickening for the gods. Stop. Uh, with the Selena compact. And so obviously, <laughs> obviously this is. I feel very exposed right now. Well, no, I mean like, you know, own, own to your brand. You no, know? no, no. For I mean, it's not even a brand. It's like legit who, how I feel. I mean, but all of you, I mean, like Pat has a Selena sticker on her car and like, you know, I mean, even like Rafa, like I've listened to the show. Like I know that he's, you know, talked he, about Selena and incredibly what it means. Yeah. To Selena as well. <laughs> um, oh, I'm not going to cool. expose you. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, so tell me about the cultural significance about of of Selena for you all really. I feel like you all have your own different connections to her um and what she means like for Texas and for Latinos in Texas. I want to let Pat start actually. I'm starting on Selena yeah, because okay. I think we have a lot more to say. Y'all y'all do, but um I don't know. We it's just something that's always been ingrained in us. I know like growing up as a kid, definitely in elementary school like We'd have times where we'd play music and we'd have like talent shows and they were like, what Selena song are you going to pick? Like, I remember <laughs> we would like share Thalia like sound t- cassette tapes and then we'd have Selena cassette tapes and we're like, oh, which one did you get? Which song are you going to play? Mm-hmm. And I remember like, yeah, part of the, like, the Chico del Apartamento Cico Doce, like that was like our jam that we would play in PE and we would like dance and like, we were like, what's our performance going to be for the talent show? Like, da, 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 da. And like, I still, like I told Eva the other day. I still remember to this day when they, uh, like a parent, like walked into third grade classroom and was like, Selena, yes, se murió, te mataron. And I was like, shook. We we're like, all these little kids about to leave class. <laughs> you did not say shook. Y'all were in second grade. Mami, estoy, like, estoy shook. shook. <laughs> <laughs> estoy shook. Oh my God. ¿Qué dice? ¿Que está temblando? No sé. That's what happened. He said shook. Estoy shook. Estoy shook. No, it was just like, like we were all kind of freaked out. We're like, what? And then we went home and it was just like literally all we watched for like the next like 24 hours, just news of all the coverage. And I, Eva was still really little. So she did was definitely was. was, Wow. I don't remember. (laughs) She was still. When she passed, she passed when? 96. 96. Damn. But I think we were all still listening to it. And then the movie came out. We listened to it even more and all that stuff. But yeah. Cause I know she was very popular. I like, I mean, I, you know, I was roughly like 10 at the time. Damn. I, gave it away. I didn't mean hey. to do this to y'all, but it happens. But I but I do I like I remember her being popular. I mean, like I knew, you know, pe- I knew who Selena was. Like, you know, she was on the radio. Um and I'm I'm curious if you guys can cuz I, I it's it's a question that so many people ask. Like, what the hell happened that all of a sudden, you know, there's this insane resurgence for Selena? Like, or or did she just never go away? I think I I like to say it's my generation. Like that's what I think. I've told and her I that think too. And I think even Selena's sister Suzette says the same thing because whenever they revealed the star, she said, I want to thank the younger generation because for us, we knew our family um, and and knew her because our family listened to her. But also the movie is what how we knew her. Mm. The movie is how we connected to her because we heard of her, but we didn't get to experience the mania because she right. passed when we were very young. When did the movie come out? 98? 
97. Oh, so it was like right after. She passed away in 95, and then it was filmed in 96, and then released. Holy crap. It was 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 right. Yeah, it really was like that. But then it was like, so that's how, that's how, that was my first connection to her. So it wasn't so much just directly her music, but that was my, I thought J-Lo was Selena growing up. Right. Because that's just who I know, and that's how I saw it. And they honestly fucking killed it with comparing her to her and having her look the same. Blah, she blah, looked blah. really great in she that movie. I will say that. She looked a lot like her, and they killed all of that costume design, everything. So for me, I, I grew up, uh, I was the youngest of four, but I wanted to be, I wanted to be a star. Right. Uh, I don't fucking want to be a star now, but I wanted to be a star as but a child. You are You're definitely a star. A star. So Stop it! Oh my hello. god, that a Patrick star. <laughs> <laughs> but that, re- but that real, that, that real creepy real one. one. <laughs> 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 that looks terrifying. Oh god, I can't come back. Okay, um, shit. Uh, well, I did want to be. A, I wanted to be a singer. Right, right, right. Um, and so I watched that movie like the Bible. Like I, right. every single day, I didn't care. I would just recycle, recycle, recycle. Like, and that's why Pat was kind of annoyed. Yeah. And she'll bring it up and joke about it. But like dead ass, that was my shit. Like I watched it. The scene where she's on the balcony and she's like, like to the stars, looking at the stars, talking about wanting to be a star. Like I felt that shit. And so that movie was my everything. And really like, I want to talk about this more on the colores, but. I grew up with the Frida and the Selena because we didn't have many other Mexican women to look up to. And I grew up in a house full of women. So who the fuck am I going to look up to? Right. And so that's that's why that's obviously the start of why she meant so much to me. And then I've grown with her. So like her stuff meant more to me as I got older. I got past the beady beady bomb bombs and all these songs. And then I started feeling the deeper shit that she was talking about and that pain and those other songs that like people don't know as much about, but she had so much more to her than what everybody knew her as or what the movie just shows you. Um, So I really, I still am growing to love her. Even just watching her interviews now, you're like, holy shit, she really had all the charm, all the charisma, everything to be this global star. So she deserves everything now, even 20 years later. So yeah, yeah, she's everything to me. I know it's cheesy or whatever, but like if you're a brown girl and you were looking for someone, she was there and she was there for Tejanas. Well, so this obviously Selena is a topic that keeps on giving forever and ever. And you and Rafa both brought in tracks. So what I want to do is I want to play them. And when we come back from the tracks, I want to talk to you, Rafa, about Selena and uh, Selena. I need to like, I'm, I'm one of those people. It's like, it's Selena, right? I think it's, it's okay still though, because she might've said, yeah, it's Selena. But at the same time, like she knows who her community was. And I don't think she would have like shit on people that were saying Selena tampoco. Well, that makes me definitely feel You know better. what I mean? Like, because even that's, that's as, as long as people are saying my name. Yeah, exactly. Like, but even whenever I was at the talk, place the other day she's like oh it's selena i'm like yeah because it is selena cool you know well let's play these tracks and when we come back we'll talk to rafa about you know your own selena narrative um so we're gonna start so you brought in a track uh called siempre hace frio yes because i love a heartbreak song okay and selena has them so i like i like listening to all the songs i love all her music obvi but the shit that like people don't know as much i appreciate i don't know if that's a hipster or whatever but it's like that good shit like she you can hear the pain in her voice and she's like sad as fuck and i'm like yes bench me too so i just really appreciate this track because it's just powerful awesome okay uh so again this is siempre hace frio and we will be right back
puedo más Tú me haces bailar Vuelve conmigo Alma de mi alma Vidita mía ¿A dónde estás? ¿A dónde estás? Mátame cielo, trágame tierra Quiero morirme si no vuelve más Podrás tener el mundo entero y entre tus manos toda la dicha y otro cariño mejor que el mío, pero ya verás. Hace frío ¿A dónde estás? ¿A dónde estás? Mátame cielo Trágame tierra Quiero morirme
So yeah, so we were just listening to um, obviously a remix of one of her of Selena's most iconic songs, Amor Prohibido, and then this is the Hollywood Star remix. Yeah. Uh, um, so Rafa, you brought this in. Why? Who is this by? Tell me a little bit about this track and what it means to you. So it was a remix by Royal Highness, uh, made up of uh, DJ King Louie of Peligrosa fame, Austin, Texas, originally from El Paso, I think, which, you know, we could have a whole other discussion about El Paso music, mm-hmm. um, El Paso, Chuco Town. Um, but he teamed up with Principe Q, Svani Quintanilla, who is actually Selena's nephew. Oh, uh, damn. He's the son of A.B. Quintanilla. And uh, he's also a member of Trippy Cholo, Bonbon, but uh, Royal Highness is made up of Principe Q, King Louis. And so they did this um, this EP of remixes of Selena after, you know, she got her Hollywood star. Mm-hmm. And so this one in particular was uh, Amor Prohibido, which was one of my personal faves from that. But yeah. Okay, good. And and so, yeah, and again, like, you've discussed Selena on the show before, and, mm-hmm. you know, I... Th- I I, I mean, not blowing up your spot, but like I think the there was one time that you guys really got into it, and I I think like you all got kind of emotional, and yeah. so I'm I'm curious like what is what place does she hold in your heart? Um, what well, it's a uh, it, it I mean it oh god, well she she's multi layered, and so I think you know when we talk about the resurgence of Selena now. Um, it's because I feel like we're we're just now discovering like who she was, and that is a reflection of like our community. And um, I remember when she passed away, my mom wasn't a big fan of Selena. Um, my aunts and uncles were, and then when when she passed away, that's when her story got a lot of coverage. And so even for a Latina, a Tex-Mex musician, you know, being a woman in an industry dominated by men, there was so many things that she wasn't given the credit for because of the fact that she was a woman or that she was Tex-Mex and all these other things. And, um, and even within the Latino community, you know, some, someone like my mom wasn't someone that was particularly fond of her um, because of what she was wearing or because of, you know, a lot of people don't know that her family, that they were Jehovah's Witnesses. And, you know, wow. for, for the Latino mm-hmm. community, predominantly Catholic, it's like, you know, how, how do we really deal with someone like that? And not to say that, <clears throat> you know, I was raised hardcore Catholic, and so I understand, like, you know, what, what, what 
what that does in terms of how you view people that are not that. Um, so, you know, some people have a lot of trouble with going back and forth between how they welcome music. <clears throat> and so uh, she just represented, you know, the, the multi-layer identity that, you know, we as Mexicans, as Mexican-Americans, as Americans, as Latinos deal with on a daily. And the film did really good in documenting that struggle, but also did really well in kind of showing the world, you know, that th there there are superstars in our community. And she was she was indicative of, of the talent that we hold and, and, you know, how great of a society we, we had we have built and that we can be, a, you know, a contribution to the fabric of American life. And um, the film was really great. And, and, and again, documenting that and then, you know, seeing what it did for Jennifer Lopez's career and where she's at now. It, it was like, you know, it's it's so it's hurtful to say that her death kind of started this journey of sure. where we're going. But, you know, it did so much for, for the Latino community, like. You know, it's hard not to get emotional about something that's like, man, we had someone that was like so amazing and was literally of the highest caliber in terms of artistry and music, and she was taken away from us. But, um, you know, now we, we go back and, you know, we deal with, with uh, how timeless she was as an artist and, and her family and the music that, you know, that she's still producing, uh, yeah. you know, today, <laughs> um, although not directly, but, you know, with... with the, the, the way she's contributing to and, and influencing the, the newer music um, is just one of those things that I'm just like beyond in awe of. And, you know, uh, to Selena and the Quintanilla family, I think as a community, we have so much. We are indebted to that that name for, for an eternity just because of what they've done for us. Yeah, I mean, and and I, I think it's really interesting that there have been so many stories and books. I mean, the, was it Maria Celeste who, like, wrote yeah. a book about mm -hmm. about the, the, the whole case? Um, you know, I think it's really interesting that, like, yeah, she isn't just this saint-like figure, you know, uh, of our community. Like, you know, all these stories and the way that... Um, you know, people in our communities are identifying with her and her story and her music and, you know, what she represents as a cultural figure, you know, adds depth to her story, right? Like, you know, Absolutely. at the end of the day, we are all people, um, you know, with real emotions and conflict. And, you know, I think that's, that's really beautiful. Um, are you, did it bother you that uh, it was a, a Puerto Rican actress that played her? Once I got older and I understood, yes. Mm-hmm. Because I also work in media and I understand who Gregory Nava is and what he could have done. Right. But I also understand getting someone who looks and can play the part well. So I'm glad it was a Latina woman in general. At least, As yeah. opposed to God <laughs> sure. knows what, some West Side Story type stuff. But um, yeah, I definitely, because I am so invested in media and I don't see enough M Mexicans in media in America, Mexican-Americans in film, um, we are often played by other Latinos, and that does throw me off a little bit, not right. to say that we don't have more narratives than other Latino communities often portrayed, but it is one of those things that's like, it kind of sucks, but I'm not going to like lose sleep over it. It right. happened a long time ago. I'm over it. It's whatever. But it definitely, like, you know, it's one of those things that you're like... Oh, and at least it okay. happened. Right. Exactly. <laughs> and at least we got something and... You know, whatever. So it wasn't a huge bother, but it's kind of one of those things you're like, oh, yeah, because okay. it's it's something that kind of gets brought up sometimes. And right. I'm like, again, you know, I'm in Texas. I'm in the heart right. of Texas, and with reason, right? Because you know. it's like we're we are, and they're so loudly Mexican American. Why wouldn't you get someone to play that? Right. And I know when that movie was released, it was a bigger deal. Um, but I, it's 
understandable now. And I, and I really want to thank you guys. Cause like that's, that's, you know, very profound and personal insight into, you know, a topic that is often so like controversial and divisive and like people fight over her and like, you know, like I don't connect to her like that. Like I, she was a part of like my childhood. I remember her, mm-hmm. but obviously like I don't have that direct, you right. know, literal like identity, identity type of tether. Um, and so like, I'm, I'm very glad that you guys are able to lend this insight. You'll be hearing a lot more about her on our podcast. She comes up all the time for multiple reasons, but that's also (laughs) literally how we met and how we connected. So it's not even just like our own personal stories, but it's like, wow, the power of this person to even unite people, to, to build a friendship and build something even bigger than themselves because of our love for this person. Like that speaks everything to me about how incredible of an artist she was. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. And um, we're, you know, this is our final segment. We have one more track that we're going to play. But before we do all of that, I want you uh, to use this platform, obviously, sell your chicle, you know, (laughs) tell people who you are, what it is that you do, where people can find you. And if you have any upcoming events, plug the fuck out of them. Yay. So we have Two and Four Selena coming up. That's our next event uh, as the Colores Collective. It is on March 30th and 31st. So if you are in Dallas, definitely come out. You're not going to want to miss it. We have uh, Selena, the film being screened at the Texas Theater. We are going to do a little intro as the Colores Radio. And the following day, we have an all-day event where we do like a lookalike contest at Country Burger off of Hampton here in Oak Cliff. And then we have like a nighttime club situation where it's all partying a whole weekend celebrating Selena. Like what more could you ask for? Uh, So that's happening at the end of March. And then we also have our one year anniversary event that is also going to be at the Texas theater. And we're actually bringing in uh, Shea Serrano, uh, best-selling author of the rap yearbook and basketball and other things. So we're bringing him in for our one year anniversary. He's a fellow Tejano as well. And so we wanted to bring in someone that meant a lot to our community um, to celebrate with us. So we have those two huge events coming up and then some other fun stuff in the summer. But you can find us, follow us at The Colores Co. And find The Colores Radio on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, not Spotify. Fuck, I'm getting ahead of myself. Nah. SoundCloud. Stitcher, like, SoundCloud. I mean, that's what you got to visualize. Maybe one day, I'm hoping. <laughs> but yeah, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Google Play. Google Play. Um, yeah, so awesome. that's our The Colores spiel. Fantastic. And again, just a reminder to our listeners, uh, you can find us on uh, SoundCloud, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, all of that jazz. Please make sure that you subscribe. Please make sure that you're giving us, you know, uh, five-star ratings, you know, five stars only. Uh, same to Dick Coco. Leave know, us a yeah. darn review. Please leave <laughs> reviews, five stars only, you mm. know, because as uh, Babelito says, um, you know, visibility is Essence. questionable. Questionable <laughs> was what the new outcome was on the latest <laughs> episode. Um, and yeah, and again, I really thank you so much for, for, for being on the show. Like, I know that we're a little pressed for time. So I'm going to just cut to Pat now because we have one final track that we're going to play out with. And it's another local band, yeah? So it is another local band. And obviously we've been going with like cumbias and all this stuff. And now I'm like taking us to post-punk, but... I, I've been listening, my friend actually introduced me to them. They did a behind the scene screen show at Texas theater. Oh, sweet. Um, which you got to check out very briefly, but then you liked it. it was An incredible cool. thrash show behind a movie screen at a theater. Yeah. So they, they did a show there and they're they They just have one EP out currently called dominance. Um, but they have a couple tracks that are really good. A lot of Latino boys making post-punk. Like I said, we don't have any of this stuff here. So when we got it in Dallas, I want to support it and I want to back it. 
definitely trying to find all those Latin indie bands here in Dallas. Cool. And I know that uh, my beautiful co-host, who is um, you know obviously not in the studio right now, uh, Miss Beverly Celeftai Lopez in New York City, uh, she uh, will absolutely love this track. Uh, the band is called Sub-Sahara. The track is Pelican Trash. Uh, thank you so much, De Coco. Um, my name is Richard Villegas, and thank you for listening. Ooh. Hey, thank you for having us. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs>